Hello and welcome into the Water Break. Bit of a uh, short-handed show for us today. Uh, unfortunately, half of our cast is gone. I'm McLean. Got Sai in the booth with me virtually, uh, and yep. unfortunately, that's where the cast list ends. Normally, we've got a bit more of a round table here. You know, the best minds of 88.9 The Bridge there sharing their takes, but just us today. Yep. We are the better minds. <laughs> it's okay, though. I mean, <laughs> what are Will and Creed going to do? You know, argue with us? <laughs> uh, it's all right. So anyway, uh, last week, the Seattle Seahawks schedule dropped. And what we're going to do is go through the schedule game by game and give our predictions. Then afterwards, we're going to talk about the Seattle Mariners. That's what we're going to do. Really pander to the home market. You know what it is? Anyway, huh? really, we're going to pander to the home market. Anyway, the Seattle Seahawks open uh, September the 12th at the Indianapolis Colts. So that's a 10 a.m. start time. Mm. Okay. Well, I think the Colts are another big question mark. If Carson Wentz has another really bad season, then it's over. But I, I have a feeling that it's a new system, new place. I feel like he's going he's gonna to feel a lot better over there and do some production, but in the end, I think Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are going to come out on top in this one. What do you think, McLean? Uh, well, the Colts are an interesting team. Uh, Carson Wentz is back, reunited with Frank Reich. Uh, the That pairing almost won an MVP when Reich was the offensive coordinator of the Eagles in 2017. And now uh, Wentz will get to go plug himself into that same system. Uh, he should produce. And I'm a lot of people have pointed to like his you know talent-poor offense. It's really no worse than the offense that he was able to win with on that 2017 Eagles team. I mean, T.Y. Hilton and Michael Pittman are just as good a one two punches Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar it's yeah. uh you know Carson Wentz has been able to win with some pretty punchless offenses in the past so long as he's been protected up front which in Indy he will most definitely be he's a uh, mm -hmm. Carson Wentz fundamentally is a uh, you know bomb passer he likes to hang back in the pocket hold on to the ball for tons of time uh and the Colts are really the team that are going to let him do that they were able to yeah. like kind of make it work in their shotgun marriage with Philip Rivers, you know, who's much more of like a point guard type passer, a guy who likes to get the ball out quick, short throws, check downs mm -hmm. to the running back, rather than the kind of bombs away passer that Andrew Luck was. But I think Wentz is actually in a really unique position to succeed, and the Colts are one of the teams that I'm high on in the AFC this year. But Carson Wentz has still never beaten Seattle. They've played him five times. Carson Wentz has come out uh, short all five. He's never even played a one-score game with Seattle. He's played yeah. them to an eight-point game twice. Well, actually, yeah, he's never been uh, one score away from being able to win. So Pete Carroll has Carson Wentz figured out. I think that's a win. Next, moving on to the yeah, next sure. part of the schedule, we're looking at Tennessee. What do you think about Tennessee. Tennessee I don't know I feel like I feel like Derrick Henry's just gonna run all over us in this game and I mean that's a really solid team so I'm gonna have to say the Seahawks are taking the L on this one Tennessee actually beat Seattle the last time they played uh 2017 yeah. I believe was the last time uh, in that game, nothing really went right for the Seahawks Marcus Mariota was able to run all over the defense uh couldn't 
stop the bleeding and the comeback attempt fell up short. Seattle uh, unfortunately absorbed an L in the last meeting. But this Titans team feels pretty one-dimensional, and without Arthur Smith making the offense go, I don't know if there's enough there. I mean, once, once, uh, once... Derrick Henry is stopped. Ryan Tannehill's the quarterback, and he's a guy who can keep your team in games. But other than A.J. Brown, they don't have another receiving threat. They, their entire offense is really built around that big three. The protection, the offensive line is mediocre. The defense should be in the backfield every time Ryan Tannehill drops back to pass. Uh, and not mm-hmm. to mention that defense is pretty punchless. You know, I, I yeah. can't even name their best pass rusher. Uh, and the mm-hmm. secondary is really kind of lacking. Uh, it's yeah. I imagine that this team will involve a lot of runs. I think both teams will run the ball more than they pass it. I predict that Chris Carson and Derrick Henry will both rush for 150 yards, and I think ultimately the Seahawks will take this one. Yeah, right. well, one thing, one thing I got to say about this matchup, though, is the main concern I have is with our corners. I feel like A.J. Brown is just going to eat them up because... I mean, I, I don't think we have any real good corners this year. Uh, I, don't I don't know. know. DJ Reed is solid. DJ Reed has uh, held his own against guys who are just as good as A.J. Brown. I mean, look at what Seattle was able to do to shut down uh, Terry McLaurin, and he's pretty similar to A.J. Brown. Um, uh, McLaurin will work inside more, and he's a little bit shiftier. But all in all, you know, a mainly vertical wide receiver, a deep threat, it's Pretty similar in play style. Deep threat, big hands, wins, jump balls. It's That could apply to either. I think that, uh, and besides, Carroll always figures out ways to, you know, shut down these these high-profile receivers. You know, yeah. I'm... I can't, I can't remember any big-name receiver ever hanging it up on Seattle. Anyway, going into mm-hmm. week three, Seattle's got the Minnesota Vikings, and this game is going to be pretty tough to predict. You know, Minnesota has yeah. been a, one of the more consistent, like, 9-7 and seven teams in the league for the past few years. The Kirk Cousins era has been a lot of up and down for Minnesota. You know, mm-hmm. the defense is obviously a shell of what it once was. I think Seattle will definitely put up points in this game. But will they be able to stop Kirk Cousins? This is a... Um, this is a question that I've not had to ask a lot, but Kirk Cousins has always been really close when he plays the Seahawks. He won uh, his last win against the Seahawks was as a member of the Washington football team back in 2017. Uh, yeah. That was a primetime game. But since then, he's played uh, one meeting a year with the Vikings, and all three losses have been really close. They've all been one-score losses. So I think uh, Kirk and the Vikings should hang around. You know, I predict Seattle Mm -hmm. will take the win here, but it'll be close. Yeah, I I gotta say Seattle's also gonna win this one just because, I mean, we lost a couple cornerbacks, but I think the core of our team is the same, and we beat them last year, so uh, I think, yeah, we should probably beat them this year. I think the reason that we win this one, DK Metcalf. Metcalf is going to feast against this team. Their secondary, I mean, they've got Harrison Smith, but as a safety, there's only so much he can do to take away the deep ball. And, you know, if, uh, if Harrison Smith does shadow Metcalf, does, you know, 
play on Metcalf's side to save his, to save the corners in that system from getting absolutely torched. Tyler Lockett will yeah. just feast. He'll have another 15-catch, 300-yard game like mm-hmm. he did against Arizona last season. That's what happens when too much attention is paid to Metcalf. Lockett eats. Yeah. This receiving yeah. core is too dynamic for Minnesota to slow down. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I mean, what's ironic is you mentioned you mentioned Arizona. Patrick Peterson is now on the Vikings, so <laughs> yeah. DK's already proven he can torch him. So I guess, yeah. All right, moving into October, Seattle Seahawks Week Four, San Francisco Forty ers first of mm. divisional matchup of the season. How are we feeling about that? Um. Well, I gotta say, I mean. I know for sure Jimmy G is probably going to be starting. They're probably going to have Trey Lance sitting and watching, but I feel like if by this point Jimmy G is injured, which may or may not happen because he has been kind of injury prone the past year-ish, um, I feel like if it's Trey Lance, the Seahawks are going to eat him up. And I mean, their defensive line, they're good, but a lot of those guys are coming off of injuries and not so good seasons. So uh, yeah, I'm going to have to take the Seahawks in this one. Yeah, I don't know. I always feel like I'm going to cop out here. Seattle pretty much always splits the division. Under Pete Carroll, they've mm-hmm. pretty much always split the division. Sometimes they'll luck into a sweep against the Niners and Cards, and sometimes they'll, you know, draw the short stick and get swept by the Rams. But this division is going to be pretty tight. I think Seattle will go. I'm going to spoil the rest of my picks. Seattle will go 3-3 three and three this year in the division. Mm, all right and i think they'll split with the niners this will be the game that they drop yeah anyway week five is the first prime time game of the season seattle gets a thursday nighter against the los angeles rams how are we feeling about that not good i think the rams are gonna win this one i mean all they were missing last year was kind of a dynamic offense and yeah, I think Matthew Stafford's going to get that done. So they're a big threat. I think we're going to lose this one. What about you? Matthew Stafford has never beaten the Seattle Seahawks. I think that changes on Thursday. Not this <laughs> yeah. Thursday, but I think week five, that'll change. They'll hand Seattle the second straight of the second of two losses, uh, the second straight loss. You know what I meant. And, uh, yeah. it's, you know, then Pete Carroll's going to have to give a pretty good locker room speech. All right, week <laughs> six, the prime time continues. Sunday night, Pittsburgh Steelers. Ooh. Um, I mean, Pittsburgh is kind of... I, they, they played pretty good last year, but they kind of fell off at the end, obviously. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to give this one to the Seahawks because I just can't see Pittsburgh beating us. I mean... What Juju's going to do is a little nae dance. And <laughs> I mean, actually, they do have a really good pickup at running back with Najee Harris. But I don't know. I just feel like the Seahawks are going to take this one away. DK is going to have a nice game. Tyler's going to do good. Yeah, I, I think the Seahawks are taking this one. What about you? I think that I'm going to go against the grain. This will be a standstill. The Steelers' historically great defense, or it it looked like they were going to be historically great, but they kind of were exposed down the stretch. Alex Smith was able to get a win against the Steelers' defense. Alex Smith, the trillion-year-old Alex Smith. Now, I definitely think Russell Wilson will put up some points. He will not get shut out by the Steelers, which they're going to dig up these tapes if if we do. Uh, But... I'll risk it. I'll risk it. Uh, I think that this will be a low-scoring affair. 
uh, because of how bad the Steelers' offensive line is. Ben Roethlisberger is going to be 39 years old by the time the next season starts, or by the time this game comes around, at least. He's old. The Seahawks invested a lot into the pass rush this offseason. They will be in his face all day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that either offense will really be able to find their rhythm. Uh, I think that this will be a game that is won by the Seahawks defense and they'll break their skin. Yep. Now they've got another primetime, another primetime game, the New Orleans Saints, Monday Night Football. How are you feeling about that? Yeah. Um, okay, this is a tough one because the Saints are always a really solid team, but now that Drew Brees isn't there, they don't... I mean, Jameis Winston, I don't think you can really consider him an X-factor. I mean, he's been working hard, but honestly, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like our, our Jamal Adams is going to have like an interception or like a couple sacks or something in this game. So I think, I don't know. I think the Seahawks are going to beat the Saints. But if like, if Jameis Winston is really good, I don't know, he somehow has a breakout season, then uh, maybe it'll be different. But most likely the Seahawks are going to take it away. What about you? Last time Seattle played the Saints, they did not have Drew Brees, and we got our teeth kicked in. Teddy Bridgewater, Alvin Kamara rolled all over us. I'm not optimistic about this. I think New Orleans is going to hand uh, Seattle. You know, I hmm, I think I want to change my pick midway through. I'm going to say Seattle wins this one, but it'll be really close. And that's just yeah. because it's at home and it's in prime time. I, it's pretty tough to pick against the Seattle Seahawks at home and in prime time. I know I just yeah. picked against us at home and in prime time for the Rams, but that's a Thursday night football game. The team's on short rest, yada, yada, yada. I think mm. I'm going to take Seattle in a close one against the Saints. Yep. All right, week eight, Jags. <laughs> I'm taking the Seahawks. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, he's good, but he's also not that experienced in the NFL. I don't think he's going to have like a huge season this first year. I don't think he's going to turn this team around that much. So I'm going to go Seahawks. Me too. Don't think I have to explain it. Uh, I'm yeah. going to I'm gonna say, I will say this though. There are only three rookie quarterbacks that have ever beaten Pete Carroll when he's the coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Three. Mm-hmm. That's not a very long list. Yeah. One of those, by the way, one of those is Nick Mullins. <laughs> Nick Mullins. Yeah, for what team? Nick Mullins for the San Francisco 49ers. Oh my goodness. He uh handed <laughs> Seattle a stunner uh down the stretch in the 2018 season. Nick Mullins is oh, also wow. by the way the most recent uh San Francisco 49ers quarterback to uh beat the Seahawks not in primetime. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. All right. So I guess we'll move on to the Packers. Yep. What, what do you think about this one? I don't know if Rodgers will still be the quarterback. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Maybe Rodgers will still be the quarterback. Maybe he won't. I am going to abstain from picking this one. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to abstain. That's boring. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> That's cringe. I'm going to say Seattle hasn't won at Lambeau under Pete Carroll ever. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only NFC stadiums where Seattle has not collected a win. They've won at Ford. They've won in both Viking stadiums that Pete Carroll has played in. They've, uh, they even stole a win in Soldier Field in Russell Wilson's rookie season. They've never won in Lambeau. 
I think it might actually be the only NFC stadium that Seattle is still winless in. They haven't, or that they've lost in. They haven't played in Tampa's new stadium, but they've won everywhere else. They've never won in Lambeau. I think that holds. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I have a feeling that Rodgers is going to leave. So I, I think that with a, well, I mean, he's not a rookie quarterback, but I mean, it's just it's gonna be his first like real NFL start, I think. So, yeah, I I have a feeling that the Seahawks are gonna win, and Aaron Rodgers isn't gonna be there. Yeah. All right. Well, next up is the cards. How you feeling? The cards. Oh man. Oh uh, yeah. The cards are kind of. For me, I always have trouble picking with the cards, just because. I mean, they're they're decent, but I feel like they don't have the the pieces that puts them like head in head over like the Seattle Seahawks. I, I have a feeling the Seahawks are going to win because I just feel like we're a better version of them, right? Like we have, we have a better running back. We have a better receiver. We have a better quarterback. Do we have opinion. a better receiver? Metcalf over D hop. Oh, wait. Mm, oh, I forgot about D. <laughs> no, come on. Come on. That would be such a hot yeah. take. That's such a good sound bite. You got to keep doing that, man. <laughs> Roll with it. Stay in the trenches. <laughs> Come yeah, on, we'll get well, some some high school kid in um in Arizona. Some high school kid from Glendale is gonna hear this tape on the eighty eight nine The Bridge mobile app, which by <laughs> the way you can download and listen to our station anywhere. And then th- they'll listen and get mad. It could be a whole thing. You might have just like put us on the map. Come on, you gotta stick with the hot take. Dude, I totally forgot about DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, he's getting a little up there in age, but he's still he's still producing. So he's still less than thirty. Uh, yeah, but I feel like at least it, with receivers, I think we're we're about equal because Tyler Lockett kind of balances that out. I don't think they have anyone else that's that great. I mean, they got um, AJ Green, who's like a trillion years old at this point, but yeah. he's a big name. Yeah, he's a big name, but he's. He's, he's kind of a boomer now. <laughs> Between J.J. Watt and A.J. Green, there are definitely the most jerseys sold of current Arizona Cardinals players. Maybe mm, Tampa. Yeah. Maybe Tampa. Maybe between A.B. and Tom Brady. Maybe there are more Antonio Brown and Tom Brady jerseys out there. But yeah. there are definitely, like, between J.J. Watt and A.J. Green, there's definitely more jerseys sold of Cardinals players than any other team in the league. Not to yeah, mention, they uh, got DeAndre Hopkins, too. Think about all the Houston Texans fans still out there repping D-Hop threads. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like, um, well, J.J. Watt, he's kind of he's kind of old and really injury-prone, so I don't think he's going to make that much of a difference for them. That's I mean, he'll have a, I'll have a He'll have a mediocre season. That's like, true. decent enough. But, but Chandler Jones is a monster. You can't forget about Chandler mm-hmm. Jones. Yeah, he was injured last year, I think. He was so. injured last year. But the last time that he played a full 16 games, he made 19 sacks. And oh now he gets God. 17 <laughs> games. He might push for the all-time sack record if he turns back the clock. Yeah, I mean, if he can stay healthy, uh-oh. But I have a feeling he's not going to stay healthy. I'm taking the Seahawks in this one. What about you? Uh... The last time that the Seahawks and the Cardinals didn't split was when we had a tie. I think the cards will take this one. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. At football team, how you feeling about that? Seahawks. I'm taking the Seahawks. <laughs> I don't think I don't that know. needs that much explanation. I don't know what? if I can take I mean, the Seahawks. 
that the Washington this, football team. This feels like a defensive standstill. Chase Young is in year two. Man, I the amount of havoc that Chase Young is going to wreak. Uh, not to mention Montez Sweat, Ryan Kerrigan. There are some game wreckers on the front seven of that football team. I don't think the running game will be able to get anything going. Russell Wilson's barely going to have time to catch the snap before there's pass rushers in his face. Um, you know, Metcalf will eat if we have time to get the ball to him. The secondary of the football yeah. team is pretty all right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nothing world shattering, but it's it's pretty all right. But that front seven is elite. They actually had the third best defense in the league last season by yards allowed. They were fourth best in points, but third best by yards. I think this is going to be a defensive standstill. I don't know if I'm as confident as you. I think I'm going to take Seattle just because Pete Carroll always finds a way to win those like gutsy close games. (laughs) But it's going to be close. It's a lot closer than people are going to give them credit for. This is a this football team got pretty unlucky last season, and they were able to win pretty much without a real quarterback for most of the season. This is a real legit defense, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is you know a starting quarterback, which is more than the football team have been able to say they had since the Kirk Cousins days. Yeah, I think they're going to the playoffs. (laughs) They went last year. (laughs) They sure did. All right, we're going to just keep rolling. San Francisco 49ers, how are you feeling? I feel like at this point, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be healthy again, and the Niners are going to take it. And usually we don't beat them twice in a year, so yep. I'm giving it to the Niners. I'll give this one to Seattle just because I picked against them the first time, and we always split with San Fran. Houston. Mm-hmm. Houston? Yep. Yeah, I think we're going to beat them. <laughs> they're not They're not really good. Me too. I don't need to defend that. Tyrod Taylor yeah. is the starter. He's 0-1 against the Seahawks in his career. Yeah. Is his lung better? Didn't they like puncture his lung? In uh, they punctured his lung. He's fine now. He's fine now? All right. Yep. <laughs> All right. Oh, Rams. Yep. I picked against I think the Rams. Just... I, picked, uh, the, uh, I picked the Rams against us last time. I'll pick us this time. We always split. I'm I'm gonna have to say the Rams are gonna beat us again just because they're so good. Like, you think they'll sweep? Yeah, I think so. All right. Yeah. All right, Bears. Bears. Oh, yeah. I think I'll take us because Justin Fields is inexperienced, and I mean, he wishes he was Russell Wilson. <laughs> the Bears are a franchise that has settled for mediocrity at the quarterback position for a long time, and they've got a guy. Uh, wearing Bears colors. That's the epitome of mediocrity. The guy, of course, Andy Dalton. I think Dalton will still be the starter at this time. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, there's seven There's seven seeds in the playoffs. I think that if uh, Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy can get back to the playoffs, I think it'll save their jobs for another year. They're going to keep on trucking with Andy Dalton. They'll be a 500 team. I think Seattle will, you know, hand them a loss. It'll be close. Andy Dalton always manages to play the Seahawks close. Uh, this is your fun fact, by the way. Every time Andy Dalton has ever played the Seahawks he's led at halftime so I think Russell Wilson might have to make a comeback here Uh, but this will be a Chicago Bears this will be a loss for them it'll knock them down to 500 but they'll still make the playoffs all right week 17 Detroit week 17 Detroit yep Mm. Yeah, I mean, they were okay with Matthew Stafford, but now they have Jared Goff, so I think the Seahawks are going to win. I mean, I, we would have beat them if they had Matthew Stafford, and we're definitely going to beat them with Jared Goff. What All right. 
the Seahawks always seem to drop gimmies late in the season. Like last season, we mm-hmm. dropped a gimme against Colt McCoy and the Giants. Um, and I, this just, the vibes feel off, you know? Romeo Aquara and Michael Brockers are both pretty solid uh, players in that front seven of Detroit. Uh, they'll have Jeff Akuda fully healthy. He might be like a shutdown corner this time next year. Remember, it was just last year he was the number oh, yeah. three overall pick. I think that he might be able to shut down Metcalf. And if Metcalf is shut down, this offense goes nowhere. Uh, yeah. Well, no, because remember, I remember Pete Carroll saying like, hey, we're going to go back to like a running offense instead of like. He said that every season that he's ever been the coach. Yeah, I mean, normally, normally we are a run heavy team, but he also fired. Or, I don't know if he fired Schottenheimer, but Schottenheimer went somewhere else. Shotty so left. Like it know. was Schneider that fired Schottenheimer, but uh, Shotty's gone uh, now with the Jags. Uh, and now we got Shane Waldron is in. Whether that means mm-hmm. more running is only to be seen. I don't think that this team is going to be able to move the ball against Detroit. I think this will look a lot like the Giants game, and I think that Detroit gives Seattle its fifth loss on the season. Mm. And the last game is against the Cardinals. Hmm. Well, I picked us over the Cardinals last time, I think. So, yeah, usually we split them, so I'll say we, we take the L there. All right. Uh, I said that we would lose to the Cardinals last time. We'll win this time. 12 and 5? <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. 12 and 5, yeah. Yeah. All right, right. well, that was your Seahawks schedule breakdown. Uh, Then we're going to do our Mariners mailbag. Did we get... uh, I didn't go into the room with the text this week. Did you? Did you uh, see if we got any any questions texted in for our mailbag? No, I don't think so. All right, well, you know what I will do? I will go and look at the DMs of our Instagram account and see if there's anything in there. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Speaking of uh, the Water Break Instagram account, KMIH underscore the Water Break, you can DM your Mariners questions to us there. If you've got them, you can also follow us there uh, for stuff. And yeah, I'm doing great at promoting this. Anyway, (laughs) Mariners Mailbag, uh, there is one question in here uh, relating to Jared Kelnick. Kelnick is up at the show. This is a question from yesterday. So this was uh, before Kelnick's debut. Kelnick is up at the show. The question is asking who the next big Mariners prospect will get to see. And there's a lot of people who think a lot of different things about this. Some people think that uh, George Kirby, Emerson Hancock might get called up if uh, the rotation woes continue, if we get another major injury in the rotation. Seattle lost Marco Gonzalez. He's missing some time. Nick Markavichus, LJ Newsom, all guys who've started games all on the 60-day injured list. Not Marco, but the other two are. I don't think that'll happen. I think that the rest of this pitching staff are the road graders, you know? Now that all of our all of our injury threats are gone, um, we got guys who've barely, if ever, missed time. Chris Flexen was a warrior in Korea. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi still has yet to miss any time with the Mariners, despite the fact that he's been pretty battered. He actually, actually, um, that might be a lie. I think he did miss some time at the beginning of this season, but he's never had an IL stint. Uh, Mm -hmm. Back of the rotation, we got Justice Sheffield, Justin Dunn, guys who have never really had, uh, Sheffield's never really had any injury problems. Justin Dunn had one fluky injury where he uh, 
got drilled in the ribs by Max Muncy uh, in the pandemic shortened season 2020. Max Muncy hit mm-hmm. like a 110 mile an hour line drive right back at him and he broke some ribs. But uh, mm-hmm. that's not an injury that like lingers. I don't think anybody else in the rotation is the type of pitcher that will miss time. So I think that Kirby and Hancock will stay down until we need them. I think the next major Mariners prospect call up will be Cal Raleigh, the catcher. And that's only just because I've seen what the Mariners have had at catcher this year and it is not pretty. Between Tom Murphy and Luis Torrens, they're hitting about 190 (laughs) they've got i think five home runs no four home runs from the catcher position three of them are torrens one is murphy yeah and it's all in all been pretty bad so we should see cal raleigh sometime before the trade deadline this season either murphy or torrens will be on their way out uh the mariners have made a tradition of dealing away their catchers they dealt out narvaez two years ago they dealt out nola last year we'll see if either murphy or torrens finds themselves onto a new team rather than just being dfa or option down there's your mariners mailbag only the one question this week keep dming us those questions uh or just like if you know will in person just like scream them at him he'll remember (laughs) that's a joke don't do that i want to be able to read them on the air so you can dm our instagram account or text the station 206-275-9104 is our phone number thank you guys for listening to the water break on 88.9 the bridge just one long segment we didn't take a break this time but it was a good we got some good stuff done today got the seahawks schedule broken down for you answered our mariners mailbag questions and it's been another great week of award-winning sports talk thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for more music and conversation that spans generations on 88.9 the bridge